welcome back to this episode of the Shooting Bricks podcast. And guys, again, I say this every week, but it seems like a lot has happened. And surprisingly enough, there's only about, I heard it on ESPN last night, there's only five weeks of NBA basketball left. There's fewer than 30 games. Can you guys believe what? that? Yeah, right? Fewer than 30 games left. And there's it's been so a shorter much- season. Yeah, uh, all things considered, but it's there's a lot of things going on. But first, before we get started, I just want to check in with you guys. How are you guys? You haven't done this in a while, uh, or if ever. So, quick check in. How's how's everyone doing? Well, my heart is still beating. I'm still here. I'm alive. I'm healthy. So yeah, I'm pretty good. All right. You know, in the wise words of Future and Drake, life is good. Lakers won on Tuesday, and they were making mm-hmm. it rain from downtown. So I'm feeling good happy ready for andre drummond to come back so we can smack the competition absolutely we got drummond we got lebron we got ad coming back and just with the whole pandemic thing focus on self-care take care of yourself everyone be kind to yourself crazy time we're all doing great shooting bricks is definitely doing great so hang in with us and you'll catch some good vibes absolutely catching some good vibes is always needed especially considering that Canada has caught her good vibes. Shout out to Canada for making us number 15 for like the past week in on Apple Podcasts. Shout out to you guys. We really appreciate it. Love you guys. Keep it up. Thank I mean, you to my home country. Much love, Canada. Thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, Canada is just a special place, really embraces diversity. And what we do on this podcast, when I got back from an exchange and went to Canada, the first thing I noticed was all the people with all the different backgrounds and colors of skin on a poster because it's so prominent here. Whereas in France, it was all very unitary in their ad- advertising. So uh, I think really our podcast, our humor, everything just really fits with Canada. No dunks guys starting out. So. Much love, much appreciated. Keep tuning in, and we'll keep making great content for you. Right, and before we we continue making good content, as always, I'm Jerry Castillo, and I'm joined by Brick Fam. It's Dan back on the mic here. Just wanted to uh, you know echo what Skyro said. Shout out to the country of Canada. You know we are grateful for you know putting uh, putting us number fifteen on your most listened sports podcast. I'm gonna promise you all, all to all the Canadians out there, I'm gonna buy. A, all the maple syrup, Once I, if I ever return back to the country, and I promise to the French-speaking citizens, I will eat as much poutine as I can. And joining me as well. <laughs> awesome. Uh, big shout-out to Canada. Big shout-out to all the listeners out there tuning in, engaging with us more and more every week. We appreciate y'all. And you guys have an opportunity to be on this podcast if you follow all of the steps on the sweepstakes. So be sure to t- tap into that on the Instagram page at Shooting Bricks Podcast. Uh, of course, it's your boy, Relly Rail, Rail Sales, and we have... Yo, what up, everyone? This is Skylar. I already went on my Canada Love Fest because I'm so excited to see this happen. So I'm actually going to give a shout out to the U.S. for having us chart there. Let's get that listener engagement up there again, too. We've been on the charts in, uh, in New Zealand as well, and it's just good stuff. Just keep tuning in, everyone, and definitely... Follow the page, check out the post, and come be a guest on Shooting Bricks. Come talk hoops with us. We'll be friendly. We promise it's going to be a great time, okay? Yeah, we won't bite, at least not like that. But speaking of biting, I know I discussed the the end of the, the regular season, which is really biting in some ways, but I'm actually kind of excited for the play-in tournament because the Sacramento Kings – 
that's which currently sit at 22 and 29, and the New Orleans Pelicans at 22 and 28 are threatening to make the play-in tournament. The Pelicans are only a game and a half back, while the Kings are two games back for the 10th seed. <clears throat> Even the Thunder has a chance because they're only currently three and a half games out of 10th place. Now, for those that may not know, my beloved Golden State Warriors are in the 10th seed right now. They're currently 24 and 27. Now, this before I get into a whole bunch of different things here, what do you guys think about this current situation? Because just some just some quick things. The Warriors have the 13th best offense when Curry is playing, but when they don't, they have the worst offense by any team in the last five seasons. And you can just see by his 41-point game last night, peek behind the curtain, we're recording this on a, on a Wednesday, so they just played the Bucks, and they barely scraped by because of Andrew Wiggins. Shout-out Andrew Wiggins. I never thought I'd say that, but yep. shout-out Andrew Wiggins and his defense. He played fantastic defense. So, you know, it's... So I saw on, I saw on Twitter that someone likened this to Kobe playing with Smush Parker and Chris Mim, Curry playing with like all these dudes. I won't call them scrubs because they're not; they're NBA players. But it's kind of like akin to that. But yeah, thoughts on the Warriors' chances so far, and if they will make it to the play-in tournament? Because I wrote on Sportsnot a few days ago that I think they will. They'll sneak in, but not very not very well. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be world beaters, but yeah, curious to hear your thoughts on my Warriors for a change. No offense, Jared, but I don't think your Warriors are gonna make the playoffs. It's just you know they're they're perfect. They're one of the you know they're a, a fringe playoff team with Curry on the floor. But judging from the you know the murder that happened in Toronto, Canada last Friday, uh, one thirty to seventy seven, this team crumbles without Curry. That cannot happen. Uh, the team should be. Should, I think the team needs to find a way to be be able to play without him. If not, I mean, if if results like what happened on fr- last Friday night keep happening, I just think New Orleans is a much is a deeper squad, even though they're much more experienced. So I actually think the Pelicans are going to make the play in tournament here. I think the Warriors crumble too much under pressure, so I don't think the Warriors have it have it this time around to make it. They're not. I think it's another season with a with, you know, a missed playoff season, unfortunately. Um, I have to agree with Daniel there. Uh, I think you pointed out an amazing fact here. Uh, the Warriors are, have the 13th best offense with Curry on the floor, and then they have the worst offense, and you said, what, in the past five seasons of any team without Curry. That's, yeah. that's, that's, a, that's a big issue. So when we, when, we look at it, when we look at it like that, I, I kind of get your point with the with the Kobe and Smush Parker, but I still I have to disagree to a certain extent because the second best player on that team was Lamar Odom averaging 14, 15 points a game and about nine rebounds. And then aside from that, that was it. Andrew Wiggins is a bucket. He's now putting up his defense. Uh, Kelly wow. Oubre, you 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 written a, 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 a excellent piece on Shropsy about uh, Kelly Oubre sports and not. his it, oh sports not my bad oh sports not. Um, about Kelly Oubre and his impact and how he's improved a little bit. He's kind of streaky, but he's putting up something. And then you have a former defensive player of the year who's uh, putting up, uh, averaging, um, not averaging, getting paid over $20 million a year in Draymond Green. So I feel like Curry has a supporting cast. There's a lot of bums. No offense. Not my bad. There's a lot of players that aren't up to par at the, at the lower end of the Warriors team. And 
unfortunately, uh, your GM didn't make any moves. He's kind of acting like Danny Ainge at the trade deadline. And if he wanted to make in this pl- make this play in tournament, maybe he should have traded Kelly Oubre for Lonzo Ball because Kelly Oubre doesn't want to play for the Warriors if he's coming off the bench. He he has so much more to offer. So with that being said, I agree with Daniel. The Warriors aren't going to make this 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 play in tournament because they don't have that secondary source to initiate that offense without Curry and Curry. I'm sorry. He's not going to be able to carry this team by himself. He's going to put up the numbers. He's an amazing point guard. But unfortunately, in this situation, all, all the odds are stacked up against him. You know, I actually think the Warriors definitely will make the playoff tournament for one word and one reason. Motivation. There are a couple teams in the mix right now. Number seven, we got the Mavericks. Number eight, we got the Grizzlies. I'm coming back to the Grizzlies. And then number nine, we have is, I believe, the the Pelicans. The Spurs, yep, and then number 10, right it's the Warriors right now, mm-hmm. and then and 11 is the Pelicans. Yeah, Pelicans and then the Kings. So, And so what I think is going to happen here, I think the Grizzlies are actually going to fall out of contention as the season goes on because the Young Guns had a head start this season because of the, the short turnaround, but the Spurs, they have DeMar DeRozan looking for that big free agent contract. The Mavericks, they're going to get in. They got Luka Doncic, okay? And so other than that, we have the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry wanting to ball out, wanting to prove his legacy. And the Pelicans, we got Zion Williamson, who is unbelievably hyped right now with Brandon Ingram. And I think, and with Isaiah Thomas too, we'll get into this, but 10 points yesterday, first game back. I think he's going to build on that. I think the Grizzlies are going to fall out because they're just a young team. And I think those four teams will make it into the play-in tournament overall. As far as the Steph Curry-Kobe comparison, the situations are similar. But one thing me and all the Canadian fans are loving right now is the change in tune on Andrew Wiggins. Thank (laughs) you, guys. This is beautiful. Canada loves Andrew Wiggins from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And uh, it's amazing to see, really, that he is starting to show those flashes of potential, playing defense with that game-winning block yesterday, scoring 40-piece, beautiful stuff. But, uh, you know, Steph isn't Kobe, but it's a similar situation, and Steph is balling out, and you can make a lot of comparisons. And most important comparison, it's going to be really fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of things you touched on there, so I'm just going to touch on the seeding first. So overall, the eighth through 12th seeds are fairly compact, right? Four, basically four and a half games separate the eighth seeded Grizzlies, which you just mentioned, because they're sitting at 25 and 23, and the 12th seeded Kings, like the aforementioned 22 and 29. Now, the thing with that is no one's touching, no one's touching Dallas because they're cracking about f- almost 30 wins. So the best shot, like you said, is potentially the Grizzlies falling out because the Spurs, they're sitting at 500 at 24 and 24. They haven't played particularly well. They lost a very easy, winnable game against the Cavaliers. And even then, they've just been shuffling. They can't seem to find their rhythm. Same thing with the Warriors. They just can't find the rhythm. Those are the ninth and 10th seeds, respectively. Now, when it comes to the Pelicans, yeah, right. They have Zion, who just tied Shaq for the longest streak of 20 points and 50% yeah. shooting in 25 straight games. Shout out to him. Ooh. And, you know, shout out to Clint Capella for blocking the hell out of that shot, which is fantastic. Great to see defense. And, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Lonzo, right? I think this is him being on the trade deadline kind of turned the corner for him because he recently had 27 points and nine assists with eight made three pointers. And he's the first person in the franchise to ever do something like that. But 
something else that you kind of interested me in was Isaiah Thomas. He looked fantastic in 10 minutes. In the first 10 minutes of his game action, he looked great. But after that, you saw that he was kind of wavering a bit because he he went to finish with 10 points, shooting 4 of 13 with 2 rebounds and 2 assists in 25 minutes. He says he's, quote, 102% after his hip injury. And, you know, that's that's interesting to note because, gee, you've been, you've been a proponent of him going to Milwaukee. But because he's in New Orleans and because he is coming off the bench, right, what do you think about that? Um, I actually think this is a is a solid fit for him. He should be in the NBA regardless. So whatever mm-hmm. team that was willing to give him a, a contract, albeit a ten day contract, I'm I'm happy about it. Um, it gives him that firepower off the bench. Um, it gives him a stable guard. I know Kira Lewis Jr. is a rookie. They just lost the veteran presence of JJ Redick. So now that you have Isaiah Thomas, former top five MVP voting candidate. Um, I think this will be better, very beneficial for this Pelicans team. There's some other things I want to touch up on that you went over. I don't know. If, go ahead, Daniel. I'll get back in it. Uh, I think, Jarrell, I, I want to echo what you said. I think this is a fantastic move for the New Orleans Pelicans. Look, I know I ripped the DeMarcus Cousins signing with the Clippers in the 10-day contract last week, but the thing is they are in championship contention, and that doesn't really add much. In this case, here, however, this is a young team. Isaiah Thomas is a is an experienced guard. He's an experienced veteran. He knows um, what to do in these situations. And it's, this is this is also like I like again. I like to reiterate: this is a young team. A veteran presence like him affects a young team in a much more positive and and you know consequential way. Look at what Chris Paul did the Phoenix Suns this season. So I think just you know the ten day edition of Isaiah Thomas. I think that's why I think the Pelicans are going to knock the Warriors out of the play-in tournament race because personally, not only despite their inexperience, they're actually pretty deep for a young, for a young squad. And Isaiah Thomas adds more depth that that was already there in the first place. Yeah. And let's not forget, it was only three, four years ago that Isaiah Thomas led the entire league in fourth quarter scoring. So, Mm -hmm. but, and that, yeah, that's that's a that's an amazing point to add to just add some more clutch uh, clutchness to this to the squad. Um, what I wanted to say is I don't think the I, I think the team that we're kind of looking over is the Memphis Grizzlies. They've been facing a lot of injuries this season. And if we look back last year, they were on the they they fell out of that um, play in tournament uh, with the bubble uh, because they had injuries. So I feel like if they get healthy, John Morant is a special player. Jaron Jackson hasn't been playing and I don't know how long. And the Memphis Grizzlies have a solid enough squad to have the eighth seed now, even though John Morant missed a couple of weeks, if not a month for that high ankle sprain. So with John Morant back with that stable squad, Kyle Anderson playing a little bit better. I think the Memphis Grizzlies are a little bit more stable than we're giving them credit. Um, Just piggybacking off of the Isaiah Thomas. I just, I just can't agree that can't agree more that this is a great addition to this Pelican squad. It's giving them a stabilizer. That's going to be my word of this podcast. And I can't wait to hear what Styler has to say about it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Kobe gave him the nickname, the mighty it for one of his huge cage specials that he did on Isaiah Thomas. This guy was balling 
out in 2017. Let's not forget 53 points in the playoffs just a couple nights after his, I believe, 23, 22-year-old sister died in a car crash. That was one of the most heroic moments I've seen in NBA history. This guy defines having the heart of a champion. And I loved watching his game last night at the time last night that we're recording this when he hit his patented inside mid-range floater hits a mid inside floater hits a mid-range jumper two three-pointers and two assists in 10 minutes when Carmelo Anthony came back for his first game back people were saying oh Melo should have retired Melo's fine he's good it's your first NBA game your legs are gonna be a bit tired by the end of it it's okay watch out for Isaiah Thomas I see some big 20-point performances coming from him this season and I think he'll have a couple more good years in the NBA he's wearing number 24 for Kobe he's got that mob of mentality and I think he'll be one of the feel-good stories over this year and hopefully the next couple of years as well. Let's hope so, because I enjoy watching him play. I think he's a much better version of Nate Robinson, albeit, you hey, know, can't. Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> much better. One much better. But hey, I didn't get knocked out warmer. by Jake Paul. And big shout out to Lonzo. I know uh, Jared said something about um, him scoring eight, eight uh, threes that game eight with, threes. Eight, with eight, eight assists. Nine assists. Nine assists, so eight plus threes and eight plus assists. I think that's what it was put in there. But anyways, yeah. that's nothing to mull over. He hasn't just done this this last game. He's been balling all season, and the amount of hate Lonzo Ball receives, we're gonna get. I'm gonna give him some love on this podcast. I, I, I'm all in for the Ball family. I had to phrase that well because I didn't want to say something and make it sound so weird. But he's been balling you. this season. Give him his dues. Lonzo Ball is a NBA player. He is a baller. He's shooting from three and he's assisting. He's doing what he needs to do. And he's having a good season. Absolutely. And, you know, we're talking about all this young talent. You know, IT is not a young talent by any means, but we're talking about all this young talent. And I think we, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention the Sacramento Kings because they're in this weird mashup too. I mean, it's weird because... For all the hate that Luke Walton gets, for whatever reason, it takes his teams so long to coalesce and to mesh. Because we saw this last year with, you know, the Kings. Uh, you know, the bubble wasn't all that great. But we saw something similar. We saw flashes of this last year because they were they were playing well toward the end of the season last year and then the year prior to that. And so we're seeing this again this year. They're playing well and they're threatening to make the play tournament. And so just... Quick thoughts on the Kings because as a Warriors fan, I'm liking what they're doing up there. They got Tyrese Halliburton. They got Buddy Heald, De'Aaron Fox. They got a solid core. They have to figure out what to do with Marvin Bagley because I saw somewhere on, oh, it was on Bleacher Report. They said that an offseason trade that would benefit the Kings would be to trade Marvin Bagley for the Spurs 2021 and 2023 second round picks. So, Maybe a change of scenery might work. Then again, Marvin Bagley has been injured his entire career. So we don't know. But it'll be interesting to see what what happens there. But as of right now, that's a future problem. As of right now, the Kings are doing pretty solidly compared to what was going on. So quick thoughts on the Kings. Uh, I think the, the Kings are definitely improved from last season. I think Luke Walton is, you know, he's not the worst coach uh, in the, you know, in in the world, but I think he's, he may not be the best either, but he's, he can definitely coach a squad. Uh, I like what he's doing with this team. De'Aaron Fox, I've always had a soft spot, a spot for him coming out of college, especially from Kentucky. I think he's one of the, 
you know, one of those young players that like we have to keep a, an eye out looking for. Personally, though, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this season out of all the young teams like we have mentioned involved in the play-in tournament race. They are definitely, in my opinion, the least talented. I think uh, Matt Marvin Bagley is going to be definitely be a future problem to deal with. I just, you know, I, I feel the pain of Marvin Bagley as, you know, he's as a, a person current problem that, now. Yeah, he's a current problem now. I, I owned him on my on my fantasy team. So, uh, I, I yeah, he's been hurt. I had to dump him. But uh, overall, a much more improved situation. Luke Walton needs to be given the credit he deserves here, even though I don't think he's the best coach in the world. Uh, it's, I just don't think they're going to make the play on tournament this year. But, you know, in the next three seasons, Kings fans, I know it's been painful. It's been, what, almost 20 years since that 2002 Western Conference final run. But you're going to be back in the playoffs soon. Be patient. Yeah, really quickly on, before you go, G, really quickly on Marvin Bagley. The the Kings actually trade tried to trade Marvin Bagley for Sadiq Bay and a second rounder from Detroit, but Detroit declined. Wow. But go ahead, you. Daniel, I don't know why you're on this podcast lying to the Sacramento Kings fans, telling them that they're going to make the playoffs in three years. Do you? You're not winning with Luke Walton as your head coach. Sorry, not sorry. He's he's not that. He's good. not terrible. He, he's not he's terrible. Not. They have decent enough talent to to crack in six to eight seed. Not in the Western Conference, unfortunately. You're not winning with Luke Walton, and I stand by that statement. I, I don't believe in him as a coach. He's You see, what, what has he done? You, you had the best team in the NBA, and you went on a streak with the best team in the NBA. You, we talk about Tyrone Lue being a, a horrible coach because, or a bad coach because we got LeBron James coaching the team. Go ahead, Jerry. What you got to say? Those The 24 wins that he accumulated didn't even count for him. They just went to Steve Kerr. Exactly. So he doesn't even have that on his resume. Hmm. He gets a head coaching job. He he fumbles the bag with the Lakers. And now what is he doing with the Kings? He hasn't done anything. And listen, hear me out, bro. We've seen coaches do more than what he's done and get fired. And you sit here telling me he about to lead them to the promised lands? Hell no. On top of that, Sacramento Kings organization, Vladi Divac, unfortunately, just hasn't been up, to, hasn't been doing well with what he's given. Like you, you're not drafting right. You, you, you got players that are upset, they're demanding contracts. Buddy Hield, for example, and now you're trying to trade Marvin Bagley, a young prospect, not a 28 year old big man, but a young prospect for two second rounders. How much value are we putting on second round picks? I understand the picks are amazing, but damn, get something in return. And this, and, and that's the exact reason why I think the Kings aren't going to be doing anything. They haven't been doing much since, I don't know when, when's the last time they made the playoffs, Mike Bibby, Chris Weber. Come on, bro. That's a whole generation ago. They're not doing much. I'm sorry. Darren Fox is cool. Tyrese Halliburton is cool. They're cool, but their team is structured, structured. It's, it's structured weird. And Luke Walton is not a good coach. And unfortunately their GM isn't attracting much and superstars aren't aren't going to sign with this team on top of that they don't really draft well so really quickly the gm is monty mcnair it was Oops, uh, I for- he, he dropped down didn't vladi divac he, he stepped down right yeah so vladi was until 2020 joe dumars was there for like a month and then he stepped down and then monty mcnair became the general manager but go ahead scott it's interesting for sure. You know, I think first of all, let's give Tyron Lou his flowers, you know, what he did with LeBron, what he's doing with the Clippers, what he's done with Kawhi too, which we'll get into in a bit, but seriously, always been a great coach. Uh, never should have gotten, you know, relegated the way he did, did not deserve that. 
However, even though Luke Walton didn't get the credit for the 24 in a row, I have a little bit of faith in him as a coach. I do like the fact that the Kings have improved. And while this Kings squad will never win a championship as they are right now with this core, with Luke Walton, Luke Walton is not a championship coach. But I do think they could make the playoffs because I trust less in Luke Luke Walton and more in De'Aaron Fox. Buddy Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton's development. So I think next season we could see an eighth, uh, you know, an eighth place sweep or a play in tournament appearance. Uh, I think that could, that ceiling could happen. And I think, I think Luke Walton is, is capable, you know, his dad was also Bill Walton. That's the main thing going on here. It's a little bit of nepotism in the NBA. Bill Walton was one of the main broadcasters in the NBA when we were growing up and all that. Uh, but regardless, you know, for this season, though, as I said, with motivation, I, I think the Kings and the Grizzlies will fall out just because it is the COVID year teams, players, everyone's frustrated with the situation. The vets had a bit more time off and rest at the beginning of the season in the middle of the season. So I think those veteran teams uh, like the Warriors and even with the Pelicans now have an Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. Uh, I think, and the Spurs with DeMar DeRozan, I think they'll be making the play-in tournament. So I don't think the Kings or Grizzlies are looking good. And John Morant is the future. This guy is looking like Allen Iverson out there. He's going to be incredible. I'm just not sure they make it this year yet. So right. with with all that young talent that you just you just talked about in the Western Conference, how, where do the Kings fit? Because you said John Morant, amazing so, talent, and he's better than De'Aaron Fox, in my opinion. We Absolutely. talk about the Pelicans. They have a better core than any of these young teams. Go ahead, Jared. I think this this would be the year because next year there's not going to be a playing tournament. So next year is going to oh. be infinitely more difficult for them because they only did it this oh. year to make up for the lack of 10 extra games, right? Because we're playing 72 this year. And so this is the best shot for the Kings. Now, if any of those teams were to fall out, I could potentially see San Antonio because, like I said, they haven't been playing well. Yeah. DeJounte Murray has been he's, – he's solid. DeMar DeRozan's solid. Keldon Johnson is really iffy when it comes to just being consistent. And Derek White's consistency, again, a lot of these things have to go back to consistency. And so the Spurs, yeah, they're the Spurs, but Pop can only do so much if, he's play- if his players aren't being consistent. Same thing with the Warriors, right? So – that's kind of like the issue there. Um, this would be the best chance for, for Sacramento to hop in. Personally okay, speaking. so I was speaking in terms of the play-in tournament, in right. terms of ninth or 10th. Mm-hmm. It is going to be very difficult for the Sacramento <laughs> Kings to get that eighth spot next year, yeah. and Luke Walton might need to go. Okay, now that I have the full information here, G, I see what you're saying. And yeah, it's going to be tough for them to get that eighth spot for sure. Ninth or 10th, play-in spot next season? Absolutely. But eighth seed with all the talent coming out and the Grizzlies who are quite possibly going to fall out this year. uh, It's going to be tough for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a stud. Great player. Buddy Heald, great player. Uh, I think Tyrese Halliburton becoming a superstar next season or absolutely elevating his game to his potential is their best shot at making a playoff appearance. But yeah, it's going to be tough to get that eighth seed. I I hear all your concerns, but... it is true. The Kings organization is, let's be frank, it's a organization. And Luke Walton, you, you know, he he's not the best coach in the world, but in, he's competent enough. And the players around him, De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, yeah. they, I, 
I truly believe that the, the, those players alone are good enough to, you know, they could, I could definitely see them going on a run for that eight seed and, and getting in or just sneaking in. Because because De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton, like they're really two really good young prospects. Yeah, absolutely. And just something that I think we should understand about the playing tournament this year. So the seventh and eighth seeds will have will have two games to win one game to earn a spot in the playoffs. The ninth and tenth seed will have to win two games to earn a spot. So how this breaks down is whoever wins the seven versus eight matchup will be the seventh seed. Whoever wins the nine versus ten matchup will face the loser of the seven versus eight matchup, and then the winner of that matchup will be the eighth seed. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> yep. Um, it's a, th- it's I, a thing. I'm just gonna watch it. <laughs> I'm not gonna try to understand it. I'm just gonna enjoy it. Playing yeah. tournament was fire last year, so I'm ready to go. I oh. I actually hope they keep it around permanently because I think the fans seem to love it, and uh, I think. I think Adam Silver himself seems to love the idea as well. Right. I think it will stick around, and I think the Kings will get into the play-in tournament if it sticks around next year. We'll see. We'll see. But speaking of the present, Daniel said that his team to make the to make the play-in tournament instead of the Warriors is the Pelicans. I, for one, have the Warriors taking taking that spot. But what do you guys think? Who do you guys think will make it to the playoffs if the Warriors fall out? Pelicans, I think, despite their inexperience, I've said it before, I said it like 10, 15 minutes ago, they have one of the deepest squads for a young and inexperienced squad. They got Zion Williamson, one of the best premier young players in the game. I think he, I think in one or two years, he'll probably be, honestly, he's going to be in the top five player players in the league discussion in the world. Uh, He's also tagged along by Brandon Ingram. Uh, We don't know what's going to happen to him, but the Pelicans still have Lonzo ball who fits perfectly in this offense. Uh, They, you know, they, you know, they have players like Steven Adams. Uh, Yes, he can, you know, he has his issues, but Steven Adams works on this team. I just think the Pelicans um, have the, have the depth to, to make it in there. I think this team is, is extremely talented and I think they're a future championship contender. And to be fair, Daniel, I did mention you first. I did say that you, you already made your, your feelings known that you wanted the Falcons in, but no worries. No worries. Go ahead, G. Uh, I want, can I get clarification as far as the teams that we're, um, think we're talking about and clarification so, on the spot? Like, no, we're not talking play in. We're talking who's making the playoffs, correct? No, we're, we're talking about who's making the play in. Because so, we can okay. talk about the playoffs once the play-in has been settled, but we have to go through the play-in first. So right now, I'm basically talking about the Warriors because they're 24 and 27. They're the worst right now. They have the largest chance of falling out. In, their, in the Warriors' place, it can either be the Thunder because they're only three and a half games out of 10th place, which is the Warriors, the Kings, or the Pelicans. So who do you got? So we're looking at one of those teams making the ninth to 10th seed, correct? Only the tenth, because San Antonio has the ninth seed pretty pretty locked in. They're five hundred. Okay, so I don't want to play. I want to be on the fence here, but it's one of the three, and one of them is correct. The it's, other two are for, wrong. It's for sure not the Kings. It's gonna be. I you already heard what I had to say about them. They're not winners. So shout out to Shaq Sacramento Queens. Um, it's out of the Pelicans and Warriors, obviously. Um, but with that stat that you you said earlier, Jerry, about Curry being off the floor and that offense just not rolling, 
I just have to go with the Pelicans. I just have I just have to believe in Steven Adams and, and Isaiah Thomas solidifying that veteran presence with the team. And they can sneak in and 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 get those clutch moments from B.I. and Isaiah Thomas. Lonzo Ball continues to play the way he's playing. The Pelicans crack down on their rotation instead of having Jackson Hayes and extended minutes. We can level it out a little bit. And I think that they're going to end up getting into the play. Absolutely. Uh, you bring up Shaq in particular, G, and with Zion Williamson. Have you ever wondered what Shaquille O'Neal would be like as a point guard? Well, that's Zion Williamson. This dude is yep. balling out. He is absolutely, absolutely on his way to becoming one of the absolute best players in the NBA. This guy's potential is absolutely unlimited. You got Brandon Ingram there too, and Lonzo Ball with a core. And now you've got that veteran presence of Isaiah Thomas and Steven Adams. Like, come on. The Pelicans are starting to have the making of a real, a real contender that can continue to build. I'm not saying they're a contender this year, but I'm saying they have that evolution going for them of what happens with contenders, having those solid vets to work around and having that young talent to play with. And I'm very impressed with Lonzo. I've criticized Lonzo before after you know Kobe having that winning mindset and Lonzo and LeVar Ball coming over it was just a weird time for the Lakers and you know LeVar made me hold things against Lonzo more than Lonzo except when he you know this gnaws and stuff that wasn't very cool but other than that I really like how Lonzo has evolved uh, both as a player and a person actually within the NBA and stepped out of that shadow and so if the question is who's making it, if the Warriors don't, I got to take the Pelicans. And I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch for a while to come now. Yeah. Y'all are breaking my heart, but <laughs> something else that kind of broke my heart here. And I kind of want to hear your guys' thoughts really quickly on this was that Brian Windhorst said on his podcast that LeBron is recruiting Steph Curry. Now, once he said that, I don't know who the other two people on the podcast were, but they straight up laughed at his face. They just laughed at him and said, you know, Steph's not that kind of guy. Like, what makes you think, just because they were talking at All-Star Weekend, what makes you think Steph wants to play with, with LeBron, right? All things considered, right? And the thing is, if, you know, when, what's the saying go? Like, if there's smoke, there's fire. And just because Brian Windhorst says this, and he has been known to break some LeBron news every now and again, but there might be a small fire there. Not, not, not a huge one, but like a super small one because Steph Curry can be an un unrestricted free agent after the 21-22 season. The Warriors can sign him to a four-year extension worth $215 million, and GM Bob Myers feels good about an extension. So quick thoughts on the potential light risk of Curry leaving to go to the Lakers to play with LeBron. I personally think this is malarkey. No, no chance is ever going to happen. BS, but yeah, Qu really quick thoughts on this. Uh, Brian Windhorse needs to be drug tested. He's absolutely delusional here. Why would Stephen Curry leave the Warriors, the the organization that's practically made him? Stephen that's Curry has it's it's his situation with the Warriors is kind of like Kobe's situation with the Lakers. Stephen Curry is the Warriors, like Kobe was the Lakers. He, you just don't leave situations like that. And plus, why would you leave Bob Myers? Bob Myers has consistently built championship squads around you for your entire career. Why leave, why leave a guy like Bob Myers now? There's nothing better in this league than having a competent executive and a competent head coach. Why would you leave that? He has Steve Kerr, and he has Clay Thompson coming back in a year. They're going to be contending for, the, for another two, two to three seasons, in my opinion. Thank you. 
He's yeah. Stephen Curry's not leaving. Yeah, I think Daniel, you you feel all of his emotion going into the mic. You you might think that he's a Warriors fan, so I know Jared's happy. Uh, but I have to agree here with Daniel. Steph Curry's not going anywhere. We see all these pitchers on Twitter talking about the loyalty of the soil. NBA players and Curry and Damian Lillard are those top two, right? Um, in addition to that, we let me just uh, reel back from last week with the Russell Westbrook statements about a champion. Everything about Golden State, everything about Curry and this organization. It, 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 it defines a champion. Like he has the family, he has the community. He has his wife, his kids there. He's not switching. He's not coming to LA. Why? He can visit LA in the summer. He can drive to LA one day. Um, he's not leaving that team. He's already won a championship. He's not, I mean, he's cool with LeBron, but it's not like banana boat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's not yeah, a close exactly. tie there. His banana boat buddy is Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. They've been together their whole career. So um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's blasphemy. I don't think he's leaving the, the Warriors. And the money, bro. 215 mil? Come on now. Yeah. Honestly, right? they're adversaries too. So why would you totally. join the arch enemy? It, yeah. it is malarkey. It is blasphemy. <laughs> it is absurd. It is everything that has been said. It's it's just ridiculous. Like Brian Windhorse, this is just his fantasy. I, I hate to say it. That's that's all this is, is a Brian Windhorse fantasy of LeBron and Curry playing together. Look, Brian Windhorse, great analyst, great articles, great writers, but this guy has made some pretty ridiculous claims. He's one of a definition when you think of people who say, oh, my sources told me, well, who are these sources like he probably heard that like did he see LeBron's tweet about how much he enjoyed playing with Curry and that's where this came from like come on it's not happening I love the Curry Kobe comparison Curry loved Kobe he always said that if you watch Kobe you become a better player so we know Curry studied Kobe Bryant's career closely and the way it's gone with the Warriors winning three championships four finals appearances and Clay Thompson coming back and just exactly you have Bob Myers who can make moves he can make moves, you know, get Kelly Oubre back on a smaller deal, bring in some new guys too. Jared wrote about that a little bit in this awesome article on Sportsnet. It's not, so check that out. And uh, definitely, you know, I think really that, yeah, it's just Steph ain't leaving. He, he really is loyal. Damian Lillard is loyal. And both those guys were diehard Mamba fans. And I think they're two of the last of a dying breed. Uh, Steph Curry is the biggest OG in the NBA now as far as, you know, being on a team aside from Udonis Haslam. And so I'm really excited to to see his career with the Warriors. And I think Steph for sure retires a Warrior. And yeah, after the heat, the rant got for joining the Warriors. Like he's not joining LeBron. Sorry. Yeah, and shout out to that pull on friggin' uh, what's his face? Udonis Haslam. I totally forgot he was still playing. He's still in the league, right? Or he's just chilling in the on the on the bench somewhere, right? He ain't playing. He's just sitting there with a <laughs> uniform on. <laughs> the Heat, season eighteen, like LBJ and uh, Carmelo Anthony, except not. He's just there. He's he's on the bench racking up a check, but but that's neither here nor there. That's awesome, bro. Like think about that. That organization doing right by him. Yeah. Why? Well, this is probably a discussion for another time, but why couldn't they have done that for Wade? Exactly. The money, the money, the money. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. like, he's the best player in your entire organization. Like, give him whatever he wants. Like, at this point, Riley played the worst game of hardball ever on that day. He didn't want to give the best player in franchise history, three time champion, uh, whatever he wanted. And no one in that organization deserves 
you know, that deal of because Dwayne Wade took pay cuts for his whole career too. That's why it was so absurd. He took a pay cut to make the big three come together and he was promised this long-term payout. And then it's like, well, I have to respect myself. So he goes home to Chicago, brutal that he ever left, but uh, happy you retired with the heat. Yeah. And shout out to the Cavs too, for trading like draft picks, second rounders in like 2027, 2029, just to get him back to the heat. Like respect. solid move, solid move. But respect. that being said, since we are talking about the heat and we are talking about LeBron, this is this is a topic that you guys might cringe at because you know you guys are Laker fans. But just hear me out, right? For the sake of argument, is there a chance the Lakers, currently sitting at thirty-two and nineteen as of recording, fall to seventh place because currently they're five and six in their last eleven, and will play the Raptors tomorrow on Thursday, heat. which would be they play okay. against the Heat. Sorry, the Heat, and then they play against the Nets on Saturday, right? Correct me if I'm wrong there? No, yeah. you're right. They just beat okay. the Raps. Yeah. And so do you think there's a chance that they might fall to seventh? Because currently, the six-seeded Blazers are only half a game back and have won seven of the last ten as of recording. And the Blazers will play the Jazz on Thursday and the Pistons on Saturday, which are, you know, they could easily go 2-0 and or 1-1, and which is fine, right? The seven seeded Mavericks, twenty eight and twenty one, are only two and a half games back and have won, and have won seven of their last ten. And as of recording, again, they've won five straight and will play the Rockets, Bucks, and Spurs on tonight, Thursday, and Sunday. Which, you know what, they can easily win all three of those games considering how hot they've been. And not to not to miss this, the Lakers signed Ben Mclemore for the rest of the season. So, really quickly. Do you guys think that there's a chance that the Lakers could potentially fall to seventh? Because I think there's a slight chance considering how well the Blazers and the Mavericks are playing. And that's not me being a hater. That's just me looking at it statistically and looking at how both teams have, all three teams have played. So do you guys think it, it can happen? The Lakers be a, a seventh seed. There is a small chance because, you know, uh, you know, ex- as expected, the Lakers have been playing worse without their two big all-stars. But at the same time, even though they're without their two All-Stars, they have not been playing terrible. So um, they have actually been playing the best they could. And you got to remember, the Lakers, even without AD and LeBron, they're one of the more smarter teams in the league. They're, they're a team predicated on defense, and especially with the addition of Andre Drummond, which brings in the rim protector that the Lakers needed. You know, Enforcements have come in. I think the Lakers... Just a gut feeling. I think they're a they're a veteran team. They're they're experienced. They're smart. I think they're they're good enough that they're gonna hold on to to the fifth or sixth uh, seed come playoff time. And also, there's always a chance that Anthony Davis comes back t- near the uh, tail end of the regular season. He'll have a minutes restriction. I I'm gonna expect. But even especially when he comes back, even on a minutes restriction, uh, that'll be enough to for the Lakers to keep their keep the fifth or sixth seed and avoid the play-in tournament. So really quickly, just a, a quick addendum here. So the Lakers are currently sitting at 32 and 19, right? That's fine. They're six and a half games back of first place. The Trailblazers are a game and a half back of 30 and 20. And the Mavericks sitting at 28 and 21 are three games out. So there's somewhat of a difference there, but just, just a quick addendum, but go ahead. Hi, Jarrell Lakers fan here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is a great chance that the Lakers fall to seventh seed that and to answer uh, Jared's question. Now there's an even greater chance that they don't stay there when playoff time comes. Now, 
with this situation that you get given us, it seems like the Blazers and the Mavericks are more likely to have a winning record over this next over this finishing out this week compared to the Lakers, who we've seen play better and are getting their reinforcements, but they're going up against a tough team in the Brooklyn Nets with not a full without a full team ready to go with Anthony Davis and LeBron James when they're going up against a gritty team like the Heat. Now, the Heat might be more winnable game for us, but that Nets team, that Nets game is going to be really tough. So with that being said, by the end of this week, the Lakers don't play their best basketball. If the Lakers don't come ready to go, we can end up at the seventh seed by next week. We're not going to stay there, but to answer Jerry's question, we can get to the seventh seed. It's, it's, it's more than possible. Absolutely. There is more than a chance that we end up in the seventh seed but there's an even greater chance that we win the championship. Lakers are still winning the chip. That is all that matters here. I don't care if we fall to the seventh seed for a minute. Watch out when LeBron and Anthony Davis come back. Look, this is the best situation for the Lakers right now because they have the shortest offseason in professional sports history with a 70-day turnaround from the time that they won the championship to the start of the NBA season. And Braun and AD you know, AD was resting a little bit and good thing it happened, but Braun was balling out going 100%. And now they've had some time to rest before the playoffs. And we're going to have Andre Drummond watch out for this team. Love Ben McElmore on there. Uh, solid 3 and D player who hasn't been having a great season, but he actually last season averaged his most points since his second season when he averaged 12.1. Now, in particular, Wesley Matthews, as much as I love him, has not panned out the way we'd hope. He's shooting about like just over, you know, 30% from the field right now. And he's averaging 4.5 points. If you are, if you are brought in roughly 4.5, if you're brought in to be a three and D player, then you should be averaging at least six points a game. You should at least be hitting two threes a game or else are you really a three and D player? And he is, but he's just not proving it right now. And so I really like the idea of Ben McLemore coming in, having to prove himself. And, you know, back in Cali, he made his name on the Sacramento Kings. And so, yeah, I think the Lakers very well may fall to seventh with the scenario presented, playing some great teams while the other teams don't. But it doesn't matter. But the haters can come out and play that day and say, Lakers are in seventh. It's over, but it won't last long. So enjoy it while you can. I just really? wanted to add, uh, I agree with most of what you said, Skylar, and you, people got to remember, this is an odd season, okay? Like, as Skylar had mentioned, shortest off-season ever, and it's in a COVID environment with no crowds. Uh, I think I said it last week, but Phoenix and Utah are fraudulent one and two seeds. So, in a way, the the Lakers, this could be an advantage finishing at a lower seed, as we'll get our most difficult opponents out of the way. So, that in that in a, in a funny way, our road to the championship could actually be easier. Really, really quickly, because talking about a three and D guy and the lack of success that Wesley Matthews have had. So, really quickly, I just want to throw this out to you guys: Who would you rather have, Danny Green or Wesley Matthews? Wesley Matthews. I just think Danny Green is just, in my opinion, he's just too inconsistent, and uh, his performance last year in the playoffs was was you know it was painful to watch you know it's just he, we talk about the definition of shooting bricks danny green was was shooting bricks <laughs> <laughs> i love it i love it i'm uh, on the podcast I'm, danny green big facts <laughs> defend yourself man he he got one two two rings right um 
Three. I'm going to go three. three. Damn. Spurs, Spurs Raptors, Raptors, and Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> uh, crazy. Proving my point even more here. But uh, I'm going to go with Wesley Matthews. I just feel like wow. he's had more He ha- he's had more games where he's like outburst for 20 points or hit five threes compared to Danny Green. He only had that one game against the Dallas Mavericks his first the year with us. Um now, that and, was a great shot, though. That it was. was. That was and, then, and, and, then, and then what happened after that? How go. many more? How many more? How many more? Wesley Matthews. Wesley Matthews, because he, he can shift his feet a little bit. He can, he, I don't know. It's, and he's in Wesley Matthews. We, remember, he's not getting consistent rotational minutes. Danny Green was starting, and he bow-legged mother sucker, mm-hmm. couldn't slide, play no defense. And I don't know what's up with putting that Lakers jersey on. Everybody just forgets how to play basketball. Yeah, absolutely. I would still take Wesley Wesley Matthews. And the main reason for that was Danny Green getting nervous in game five of the finals. Mm -hmm. Braun kicks him out the shot, which I still think Braun should have taken. I know everyone argued that, but if it's LeBron James and you're at the inside of the rim, I don't care if it's contested. If it's to win the championship, I want you taking that shot or Anthony Davis. But passing the ball to a wide open Danny Green, I mean – it's not a smart basketball move. As, as much as you say, the guy, it slipped off his fingers. He had sweat on his fingers from how nervous this was, and it just absolutely slipped off of Danny Green's fingers in game five. I didn't like it. It was not great. And so I would take Wesley Matthews still because that moment left a bad taste in my mouth because we could have won the championship on the last second shot there. And also, you know, Wesley Matthews being younger, I think there's a potential for him to step up in the playoffs. Yeah, he's no Ray Allen, I can give you that much. But so really quickly then, really, really quickly, because we got to move on to this next topic. So the Lakers' next 10 games are against the Heat, Nets, Knicks, Hornets, Celtics, Jazz, Jazz, Mavericks, Mavericks, and Magic, right? I see one, two, three, four winnable games there. Do you guys agree? Because they're playing the Jazz twice, the Mavericks twice, the Nets, the Heat, and... Yeah, that's that's a that's a murderer's row that you just don't want to face, especially right now with without three of your your main guys, I would dare say. So quick predictions on the Lakers next 10 games. Maybe. You know what? I'll just say they're going to go four and six. Uh, I think they're going to go. Yeah, I agree, Jared. I think they're going to go four and six. I just think the those. Those playoff teams you have mentioned, I don't think we're gonna we're gonna maybe we go five and five, we get lucky, but I think four and six is more likely. I just don't see this squad as it is right now beating a playoff team on a game without LeBron James or eighty on the floor. Yeah, for wow. reference, for reference, I have them beating the Magic, the Celtics, Hornets, and Knicks. Mm. Wow, wow. Uh, you you really talked about how the Lakers like they're playing the best basketball and and some of some of the times that we're losing is it's it's moments of lapses of moments and I feel with that being said I feel like we're more than capable of uh, especially with Drummond coming back to beat the Heat um, I say we we can go 500 I'm not gonna go four or six and I'm gonna be optimistic and say we're pushing to six and four we're gonna be motivated we're gonna play mm-hmm. we're gonna have Andre Drummond we have a motivated Marcus Saul we have Ben McLemore that's trying to make sure he gets a contract after next season uh, we hit shots Dennis Schroeder comes ready to go Montrez Harrell doesn't get ejected for showing up for his teammate. If we don't get body slammed like WrestleMania is around the corner, then we should be solid. The Knicks, uh, the Knicks are the Knicks, but listen, hear me out. We have a, we have a squad. We have players on this team. They're NBA talent. So stop 
treating us like we're garbage. The Nets is going to be tough, but the Heat is a winnable game. The Knicks is a winnable game. The Hornets is a winnable game. The Celtics haven't been playing up to par. That's a winnable game. As long, uh, the Jazz, that might be tough as well. I'm not going to I'm, I'm Twice. That's going to be tough. The Mavericks is a winnable game because outside of Luka Doncic, as long as you make sure everybody else ain't doing their we're solid. And then to twice. end off that, and to end it off, we have the magic. On top of that, Jerry keeps saying twice, we lose one of those games, we have time to lock in. Just like the playoffs, bro. We have a chance to go six and four. Six and four it is, G. Those were my exact thoughts, man. I believe that the Heat game, the Mavericks game, and the Jazz games are winnable because exactly when you lose to one of these teams and you have time to readjust, and Frank Vogel has proven to be a great coach. You got Andre Drummond coming back. Look, Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, and Trez, those are three bad guys to have. Ben McLemore is going to be trying to prove himself too. And Oops. I think that this squad is going to really have some time to come together here and see what they can do and build some chemistry that'll just make them that much more dangerous in the playoffs. So I'm going with six and four here with the possibility of seven and three. Ooh, interesting. Taking one because of those the games. Heat, one Mavericks and one jazz, I think are winnable. Okay. Yeah. The jazz have been playing well. If, I just closed the the tab here, but I think one of those games are in is in Utah, which they're currently twenty two and two. They've won twenty straight after losing two games in December. So we'll see. Maybe the Lakers can do that. But um, and Drummond of, being one of the few guys who can defend Gobert, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, we're talking about the Lakers, and you know, as a whole, we're talking about Los Angeles. So let's keep it across the across the city of LA and across the way. Let's talk about the Clippers really quickly. I, no disrespect because this is just straight up praising what the Clippers have done because shout out to Kawhi Leonard. He's done a great many things. He's fifth in PER, third in offensive win shares with 5.5, fifth in win shares overall with 7.5, eighth in value over replacement player at 3.3. Does he have an outside shot of winning MVP this season because right now he's quietly averaging 25.7 points, 6.5 rebounds, and 4.9 assists on 51, 39, and 87 in about 35 minutes a game for the third seeded Clippers. Does he have a shot? Again, I posit the question to you. Does he have a shot of winning, an outside shot of winning MVP this season? I think Kawhi Leonard is one of the more talented players in the league. I think he's in the conversation for top five for sure. I just don't think so in terms of this season. I think to be to have a real shot at the at the MVP award, I think you gotta you gotta make some noise somehow. You gotta I don't know how to phrase this, but you gotta either your team's like in that playoff conversation and and you're really carrying that squad, or you're you're really adding something to to that team's championship run. I don't think Kawhi Leonard is really adding anything in subtext in this conversation. I think the Clippers have had. A pretty quiet regular season so far. They haven't. They're they they've taken a step down from last season, but they're not. They haven't taken a significant step down. I just think. I just don't think they've been in the championship conversation as relevant this season in comparison to last season. So no, I don't think. I I don't think Quiet Leonard has an outside shot. Unfortunately. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm agreeing with Daniel here. The reasons being, uh, Kawhi Leonard, just, he, he's that player that doesn't really get the, the, the MVP award. He doesn't get the regular season awards. He, he comes alive and he gives you that impact right in the playoffs, in the finals, and we've seen it. Um, 
with that being said, these numbers, I'm not trying to say Kawhi is Kobe, but similar players. They do it both yeah, on both ends. Absolutely. And they're very and, and Kawhi's probably shooting better than Kobe <laughs> field goals percentage wise here. But they do it on both ends. And Kobe got didn't get the nod for years after year after year. And then it's it's a similar situation here. So with that being said, Kawhi Leonard's unfortunately not gonna win the MVP. Um if this team was the, the number one seed in the West, maybe, maybe we can say like, yeah, the MVP, okay. But like you said, Daniel, it's been a quiet season, a uh, quiet season, and <laughs> these numbers aren't jumping off the uh sheet. So yeah, he's not winning MVP. Yeah, uh Kawhi May River, guys. Like I think that Kawhi Leonard is balling out, but I'm not sure that he can get that MVP trophy right now. I will say though, Kawhi did look like Kobe Bryant in that 2019 playoff runs and had the best numbers in the playoffs since Kobe and LeBron. He will do his damage there. However, if the Clippers are able to secure a number one seed, I think the Kawhi Leonard is absolutely a dark horse MVP candidate because you just can't ignore the impact that this guy is having and how he's playing in the new system with Teron Lou. He's going to have Rondo dishing him the ball, but Nikola Jokic has been a straight up unicorn with Embiid falling out of the race. Now Harden on the rise, Dame Dalla, Dame Dalla and Dame Dalla. This Dame time, this dude has been balling out Damian Lillard, man, come on. I mean, you can't ignore him either. I th- I think that those Harden, Lillard, and then, man, Jokic is scary. Jokic is about to enter the 50-40-90 club, and he's seven feet, and he is not as athletic as Kevin Durant by any means whatsoever. He's not as athletic as a poor man's Kevin Durant even, but he's somehow still doing it. And so uh, shout out to Nikola Jokic. I actually think that he's looking like the front runner for MVP at this point. Agreed. It's really interesting you, you bring that up because Jokic, I mentioned all these advanced statistics. Jokic is near the top or at the top of every single one of those metrics, with the exception of the defensive metrics in which Rudy Gobert is leading the way, which would make sense, right? Yes. Yeah. But if Let's not count out Giannis either. Yeah. Yeah. He's Giannis, right up there. Giannis and Luca right up there. Yeah. Luca. In Sorry, terms of that, go ahead. In terms of these like advanced statistics and stuff, which they usually put take into account when determining who the MVP is, Jokic is, like I said, near or at the top of every single one, aside from the defensive category. So I think that if if there's anything about this, it's that Jokic might be another foreign MVP because he's playing very well. And to your point, Skylar, of the Clippers making it to that first seed. I highly doubt that they're five games behind the Utah Jazz and two and a half behind the Suns. So I the, the way the Jazz are playing, it's really hard for them to fall out to number three. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, stranger things have happened, especially considering that DeMarcus Cousins is now an, is now officially a Clipper and he's only making $175,000 per Bobby Marks. And something interesting that I saw was that Rondo and Boogie have played on four teams together. New Orleans, the Lakers, Clippers, and Kings. Crazy. He had yeah. he had seven points, four rebounds, excuse me, two assists in eight minutes. So shout out to Boogie, man. It's good to see him just uh, playing well after such a, a weird season in general. You know, like he was doing he wasn't doing a lot in Houston, quite frankly, but he was doing he was doing just enough to warrant some playing time, but then, you know, 
the whole Harden situation happened and everything just went downhill. But yeah, shout out to him. Shout out to the Clippers. We're not talking dirt this time around, which is surprising, but considering it's you know, still Okay. Yep. Well, we weren't talking about, you know, we weren't talking bad about them until that point. So, you know, that's a new record. For yeah, sure. new record. This is, I think, this is the longest we've gone without talking crap about them. But it makes sense because they are the the Clippers. But um, yeah. Uh, just one more thing here before we we before we head into some of the quick hitters. What do you guys think about Drew Holiday's four-year, $160 million contract? So just some specifics. It includes a player option in year four, and he will be making an average of $33 million per year and $36.9 nice, million at age 34. Just for reference, he's currently averaging 17 points, 5.4 assists, and 4.6 rebounds a year. I think this is kind of asinine, to be honest. $160 million for four years. It's kind of like the Chris Paul deal. Like, there's no way he's turning down that player option in year four because it's $36.9 million at, you know, 34. I'm not going to turn that down. So, asinine deal, but smarter people, I guess, put this together. What do you, what do you guys think? I think Drew Holiday is a good player. Uh, I think he's, um, I think, you know, I, I think he's an addition. He's definitely an addition to that Milwaukee team, but I don't think this is going to get them over the hump. I think they still need a, a a true score on the perimeter that is dependable in the last dying seconds of the game, and I still don't think Milwaukee has that. Either they get that, or Giannis develops a jumper. And I, at this point of his career, I don't, I really don't see that happening now. Giannis is, has shown his uh, most true colors at this point. He's truly a big who a four who truly belongs down in that inside inside the paint. So I. I I think they personally. I think they offer too much money for Drew Holiday, uh, but it, it's not the worst. So I, I, I'm not exactly against this deal, but you still like you still have a hole to fill, Milwaukee. It's absolutely the worst. Uh, you're, but you're Milwaukee. You're the Bucks. Nobody wants to go there. So you gave up all of your assets to get this guy. What you you played your cards. What else could you have done? You're not going to let him walk. You got to pay the man. So for the Bucks, this is the best situation. Situation. This is the best situation, best scenario that they can make happen because they gave up so much to get Drew Holiday. Because they believe in him as that piece that was missing they have to do this drew holiday he's a smart man he's a smart man why would you ever decline that you're getting paid to hoop to play basketball he's not the player i agree he is not the player to receive this he is not the player to receive a max deal like this for not being an all-star in the eastern conference he's been there once with philadelphia but aside from that hasn't been there he's not putting up 20 points consistently and he's not putting up um he's not locking down to be giving that first team on the nba consistently which he he has a case that being said as a as a basketball fan this is this is ugly this this you just you screwed yourself with the with the contract um like Daniel said, you're not filling in the void that's missing, but that means something needs to happen with another player. Um, and it's just, a, I'm always defending players out here. Giannis Antetokounmpo is amazing. You, we talk about Zion being the future of the league. Giannis Antetokounmpo is 26. He's still the freaking future mm-hmm. of this league. He's the Greek freak. He's been developing and itching his way out outside of the paint every year. And if you haven't seen improvements, I don't know what to tell you. I understand he still has flaws, but Giannis Antetokounmpo is an MVP. He is 
he's t- top five, top three. He's one of the best players in this league. And I, I, he's still missing that, that sidekick, that, that one, two punch, but to sit here and talk about his development like that, I, I had to fight for him. Cause that's my guy, the Greek freak. He's a good guy uh, too. Like he's super funny, but go ahead. Sire. Amazing guy and also phenomenal. Disney is making a movie about this dude. His come up story is so excellent. Oh my goodness. He was selling trinkets on the street in Greece. So shout out to Giannis Antetokounmpo for, yeah, yeah. No, crazy. Shout out to Giannis for being on the come up uh, or for, for coming up. And something we need to remember is that LeBron really didn't develop a great jump shot until he was about 27 years old in that 2012-2013 season. And so Giannis is 26, so he does have time. And so I think that Giannis will develop that jump shot as time goes on. And overall, I think that um, Drew Holiday, though, he's he's just... He's good. He's better than people expect. He's not worth $160 million. You got to pay him to get him to stay there, but he was the wrong guy to pay. You should have done everything you could have to get Bradley Beal. And then Giannis. Giannis does have to turn into a jump shooter now. He really does. And I think that he can work on that jump shot. We saw him hit some nice mid-range shots earlier on in his career. And so I don't like this deal, but let's get real, you know? DeMarcus Cousins earning $175,000. That's a nice amount of money in any other scenario. Like, this is the NBA, and that's just for 10 days. And that's just what happens here is the guys get paid way too much. And, uh, you know, that's not Drew Holiday's fault. So secure your bag, Drew Holiday. You're a great guy. You did great charity work during the pandemic as well. One of the first people to give back to, you know, NBA arenas and people losing their jobs in that way. Uh, So overall, I think it'll be a nice addition to Milwaukee, but they need to find a way to, to get someone sort of more impactful than Chris Middleton on both sides of the floor. So, two things about the contract. First, don't tell Brandon Marshall about NBA contracts because that dude. Oh, oh my God. God. You can see the veins that popping was in the side. So he was like, bad. I've was never so seen bad. someone be that confident about being wrong exactly. in history. <laughs> ever. I was about to say that. You can see like the veins, like, oh, he was turning into the Hulk, man. But <laughs> don't tell him that. And secondly, I think this would be a good, like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Don't, you know, tinfoil hat and all that. But next year, right? Next year, Bradley Beal is making $34.5 million, right? Drew Holiday is making $30.1 million. Maybe there's a possibility just to throw one like Dante DiVincenzo for a potential swap. You, you said that's it? Have you not been seeing all these other trades, okay, bro? Okay, Come on, on now. They on, need on, at least 17 draft picks, two more players, a second round draft pick, okay. a piece of pie, and a bag of chips just to get just to to get the fair. Wizards on the phone. To be, Do fair, to be fair, I'm just putting this out there because I was strictly thinking about the numbers. Just the numbers, not the tertiary things, which, you know, to be fair, Milwaukee has nothing. But, you know, it's still interesting. Just, like I said, not a conspiracy theorist. Not, I don't have a tinfoil hat on. It's something that can happen. Very much so. Something that can happen. But, yeah. I mean, if I were the if I were the Bucks, I'd take that in a heartbeat. But then again, you know, like I said, bag of chips, you know, pick 17 picks, two dudes, maybe like, I don't know, whatever else Wizards want. Because, you know, they're the Wizards. But, yeah. 
So that being said, speaking of things that nobody wants or wants or whatever, I don't know how to segue properly to this. ESPN has fired Paul Pierce after his crazy <laughs> Instagram story. Jesus Christ. Now, I the don't truth. know. The some truth. truth that was, man. That, some truth that was. Like, I don't <sighs> know what was going on there. What? Okay, do we ever have a, a specific reasoning as to why he just went on Instagram live and just did whatever he did for no apparent reason? For uh, Apparently, he showed it to like 300 people and that got him fired. Like, you're Paul Jared, Pierce. Jared, man. some people just don't give a shit. Some That's why some people just do crazy shit, uh, crazy stuff like this because they just don't care. I mean, if, if you're Paul Pierce, man. I okay. So, this is gonna sound super bad, and I'm really, and I'm really like, you know, this is just gonna sound super bad. But why would you throw away your career, which is I'm assuming paying you a decent amount, right? If you're working for ESPN, why would you throw away your entire career like that for 316 followers or whatever people watching your Instagram? Like, let me, Come on, dude. You're Paul Pierce. That's the most you can get is 316 people watching your stuff on Instagram live. Like, come on, dude. Like, we know you're not Kobe, but still. <laughs> Draymond Green made that apparent. Yeah. But I mean, oh. the truth, the truth will set you <laughs> free. Maybe, maybe he wanted to be out of this contract. I don't know. If you're an everyday, everyday Joe, you go to the strip club, you bring some strippers over to the household. Uh, shout out to Lou Williams and, and James Harden, Honey Buns. Yep, LA strippers. You feel what I'm saying? But, anyways, I mean, if you're average Joe and you go do this, you're not gonna get in trouble. He just got caught. He's stupid. No offense to Paul Pierce. I apologize. Smile through the pain, buddy, because I know it hurts. But I don't know what's up with celebrities and they're using they're using Instagram Live like like it's FaceTime, like like they should be promoting their whole lives to everybody. This isn't reality TV. So I don't know. It was a dumb move, but I can't wait for you to say the next headline uh, that's associated with this uh, Paul Pierce fiasco, Jared. But really quickly, though, Scott, what do you think? Matt, did you think he was sharing with his close friends list or something? I mean, it's completely insane, man. Like, if you're on a show with Rachel Nichols, like, and you have a family and kids, it was just, I mean, Jared or G said last week about Kevin Durant being weird. This was weird. This yep. was just weird. Like, come on, man. The funniest was Shaq laughing at Paul yeah. Pierce and Shaq gave him the nickname, the truth. And the truth is Paul Pierce, you were the worst analyst ever. I asked you for a photo when I was in LA seeing Kobe when I was in the eighth grade and you said no. And you said no to a little kid too. And this is what happens, man. You should have taken that photo. And now you're not at ESPN and your family's probably pissed off at you. And, you know, thank you for a great career and all that. But this was a, I mean, this was a bonehead move, but like, man, you got to invent a new word, put it in the dictionary and put the truth's name beside it. Because the truth is this was ugly. Uh, I, I just let, want, let I, it all out, man. I just want to say one last thing. Um, I know PR-wise, this was a bad look for ESPN, but if I was ESPN, I would have been actually been more open to keeping him on because let's be honest, ESPN has been declining in the ratings and, 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 and notoriety and, and recognition the last decade or so. Uh, this, was, this was as much attention they were going to get in a, for a while. Uh, it was honestly pretty funny. So like, uh, I would have at least thought of, keeping him on because like people, people would have like associated that with ESPN. ESPN needs the attention right now. 
Dog, how you get fired on your day off? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's like a movie right there, man. Come on. Isn't that the, isn't that the plot of Friday? Yeah, he got fired on yeah, his day off. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I did love Paul Pierce's arrival to Kobe in those finals matchups for sure. Uh, but this was a, a wheelchair Paul Pierce type move. And uh, I think his wife will be putting them in a wheelchair after this. Absolutely. His whole career was a wheelchair move. But Daniel, really quickly, so the reason why ESPN fired him, it's Disney. Can't be having that. It's Disney. And second thing, G alluded to it a little bit earlier, but he apparently has a $250,000 offer from adult webcam site Cam Soda to get this, to host a basketball-themed show with exotic dancers, according to Twitter. I mean, ESPN and then cam soda for a quarter of a million dollars oh, shoot man whatever man whatever whatever helps you get off not like that but you know what i mean but, <laughs> but speaking of other things that are potentially good um according to espn's baxter Holmes, the nba reportedly expects arenas to be filled to capacity during the 21-22 season and it's hopeful for an increase in fans for the remainder of the season because you know, surprisingly, the, um, the United States has done a fantastic job in distributing the vaccines. And I read somewhere that if the vaccine, if the United States continues on their current path regarding the vaccine distribution, I think within the next four months, 75% of the United States should be fully vaccinated or have one shot of the vaccination. Therefore, would have a better grasp on when herd immunity can come about. Now, I know, Skyler, this doesn't necessarily pertain to you because you're in Canada, but you know, just some good news, because by the time you come to the United States, you won't have to be wearing double masks. You can only be wearing one mask and feel relatively comfortable, you know. So shout out to the United States for, yeah, among many faults that it has, the vaccine distribution and role, it has been fantastic. So Very you, can't really, mm-hmm. you can't really fault them for that. And, you know, really excited to see more fans in the stands, because I know that the Rangers in, in baseball, they had 100% capacity in their first home series which you know it's baseball and it's texas and it just seems weird after a year of not seeing anyone in the stands to see thirty-eight thousand people packed in such a small space granted it is open air but still it's it's still weird but yeah shout out to the nba for doing it correctly yeah and listening to scientists not politicians but last thing here last good thing here before we wrap things up and appreciate you putting this in, Skylar, because I, I just didn't really have time. But Space Jam, a new legacy, the trailer finally dropped on Saturday. It featured throwback 2D elements along with the transition to 3D. With classic Looney Tunes humor, Don Cheadle, and characters from Scooby-Doo and Yogi Bear to the White Walkers. That's a lot. But <laughs> what, what, are your, what do you guys think? Because I thought this was, um, and I told you guys this offline on over Discord, that it's kind of like Ready Player One, except with basketball. And yeah. The fact that Zendaya, shout out to Zendaya, hey. we will always yeah. make, we will always say nice things about Zendaya because she's Zendaya, but yeah, she's in there, but I think she's going to be fantastic in this thing, in Space Jam, A New Legacy, but yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, I think the, I thought the trailer was okay. It wasn't amazing. Uh, I mean, my expectations still hold true from the you know what I previously said in the previous weeks. Uh, just just don't be Batman or Robin bad. Uh, just bring a smile to my face. Don't be terrible. Uh, be be you know, 
be a, a good rental movie. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, as long as you hit that chord, I'm happy. I don't. I, I am not expecting an Academy Award winner, obviously. So I just want to have a good time. All right, man. You you dropping some some interesting quotes here. Just put a smile on my face, make me happy. I just want to have a good time, and I think that I'm gonna have a good time. Big shout out to Zendaya. You already know she's she's fine. We gonna go ahead and get that compliment out there. Everything she do. But anyways, I just feel like it's a lot going on with Space Jam. But uh, I'm trying not to compare it to the OG. But I'm still uh, there's the kid in me is still excited. I'm still yes. gonna try to go to the movie theaters and watch this. Yes. And I feel like the the extraness that we're seeing is going to be so much better within a theater i know hbo max has that deal where you can watch it but i'm going to see this i'm going to go to the theater i'm like get my popcorn and watch this movie and see the goat on the screen our generation's goat on the screen but kobe's still the goat just handing yep. out that goat name to everybody but yeah lebron james awesome let's see it let's see it let's see it there's oh, an invite to that too but go ahead yes. Skyler, sorry I am fired up for this movie. I love the trailer. Okay, I've watched it eight times. I wrote about it in my column. It is bringing out the fan in me. Space Jam 1 got me into basketball in the first place. I love the trailer. I love the nostalgia. I love the cheesiness of it with Scooby-Doo and Jogi Bear and Fred Flintstone and the Looney Tunes being back. I can't wait i'm so excited for space jam 2 i think that the thing that we're forgetting is what we've been through as a collective society here since george floyd was murdered by police since we hit a global pandemic since kobe bryant passed away and michael jordan spoke at his funeral with kobe's jerseys lit up behind him and that whole kobe lebron michael connection and here we are this is in so many ways like the culmination of being a longtime basketball fan i think it's going to be spectacular we got Clay Thompson, we got Damian Lillard, we got I'm gonna butcher her name. I'm so sorry, Nameka Okungwume, Okungweek. Yeah, you, you, you got it just as best as you can. <laughs> okay, th that's where I gotta go. But shout out to her being uh, the spider lady that looked amazing, and Diana. And and Diana Taurasi, the final piece of the Goon Squad. We got the Goon Squad versus the Toon Squad. We got Don Cheadle, leader of the Serververse. We got Sierra Wright from USC uh, in there, too. We got LeBron James' son, Dom James. I can't wait. This movie's going to be fire. It's just going to be fun. It's just going to be a fun time. And I hope that I can safely make my return back to the theater for this movie because just like G, I'm a diehard movie fan. I love to go to the theater every week during normal times if I can to see a good movie. And it's been over a year and I can't wait for this movie to come out. And I hope so many people are able to go see it safely and enjoy it because I think that it's really going to be a theatrical spectacle and something we enjoy. And hopefully it inspires, can help inspire a new generation of kids to also grow up loving basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. And speaking of a new generation and growing up to love basketball, something that, you know, would really help us and help us feel good is if you remember to subscribe to the Shooting Bricks podcast and leave a review on your platform of choice. It really helps us out. Lastly, make sure to follow us on at Podcast Bricks on Twitter and at Shooting Bricks Podcast on Instagram for all the news on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And as always, I'm Jerry Castillo. Uh, I'm Daniel Wynn. Once again, uh, I'm going to give a big shout out to the country of Canada. Uh, I'm coming for that maple syrup, y'all, and that poutine. So you, you're going to see me very soon. Joining me as well, 
It's your boy, Relly Real, Jarrell Sales. And if you just follow the steps that Jared just told you guys, you already are getting part of what we're asking for you to be entering to that sweepstakes to be a guest on the Shooting Bricks podcast. And what other place would you rather be than shooting some bricks with all our homies here on this podcast? And of course we have. Oh, absolutely. Uh, my name is Skylar Treppel, and it is a great time. I had such a fun time that I literally became a member of the podcast because it is the best hangout of all time. So please come and join us. Shout out to Canada for what uh, for making us number 15. And Paul Pierce, I don't hate you that much, man. You're Kobe's rival. So I've had some good memories of watching you play. Hilarious analyst stuff, even though you had some brutal takes. But... Dude, you should have taken that picture with me and you shouldn't have rejected that little kid after either. Uh, but I got to see Kobe draw 53 that night, so it's okay. It's okay. And, you know, everything is okay over here. So we will see everyone next week.